everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. We know all of the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking, just the two of us, about last week's episode with Daniel Beck, founder of Inner Makeup Astrology in New Orleans, where he helps his international clientele by addressing concerns such as karmic direction, life transitions, love, career, and more. And if you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts. All right, Courtney, you ready to get started? Yeah. Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> I, I know. feel that, but I feel like we should we should do a light start. Of- light start. Okay. Really, this first thing he said we were talking about, what did you do in your past life? And he said, do you mean literal past life or spiritual past life? So if you, I mean, I don't know the answer to this, but if you had a past life, what would it have been, do you think? I mean, I've never had a flashback to a a past life. So I'm not saying that this like was my past life. But I think maybe I was a gypsy soul. (laughs) Okay. Like just kind of like wandering and navigating. I love beautiful things, but I love like transitional things too. Like I like it when things like I change, which I think is evident in our serial entrepreneurship that I like new, fresh, exciting things. I like things that like inspire me. I also like really resonate though with people who have amazing talent, musicians. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say that because I don't have any talent. Yeah. Like I'm not like a talented person. Because you used it in your past life. Yeah. Like, because I, I appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. Like I do love it. Like I love the arts. I love art. I love music, Yeah, but I have no, I cannot draw to save my life. I've tried many times. I was in the band in high school and I was not good at it at all. Um, but I wanted to be so badly. Yeah. So I would think in my past life, I was somewhat artistic. Yeah. I don't know. So you spent all of that time. Spent it all up and it was done. Like it <laughs> had to go complete, like, you know, 180 for this yeah. current life that I'm living with no artistic abilities. But I feel like my soul resonates with people who have amazing talent. Like I can recognize it and I can appreciate it. Right. Which I agree, which to me is hard, especially nowadays, because it's hard to actually know who has talent. Like people find like there's certain like musicians, people say are talented. I'm like, I don't think they're talented. Maybe talent subjective. Yeah. Which brings me to what he was talking about. He said um, how humanities and the arts are very spiritually based. Yeah. And when he said that, I immediately thought of moments, whether I'm in my car, even when I was a teenager in my room, like listening to music and how you felt like that song was like, so like, just, I don't know. It gave you like the goosebumps and you just felt so connected to something but it was so spiritual 
She's talking about The Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. I am actually not talking about that song. Thank you very much. The song that I loved, <laughs> that I always thought that way, is the song Hallelujah from Leonard Cohen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I remember listening to Celine Dion, oh, My Heart Will Go On, and laying in your bed and just crying. I know. And listening to it over and over again. Yeah. I do remember that. I was 13 when it came out. Let's, you know. I know. So sad. Peak hormones. Yeah. Do you have a song that you felt that way about? I feel just like connected to spiritually. Yeah. Like it just, it was like this, I don't know, like this uh, deep, intense feeling just out of a song. And it didn't like bring up, like I didn't conjure up anybody when I thought of Hallelujah. I just thought like, wow, this is amazing. I don't know. No. I mean, there's stuff that's all very situational for me. So there's like certain times I can look back on my life and like I can reflect on a song that really just kind of described like how I was feeling. Um, like, not in the much recent past. It was a Macklemore thrift shop. No, it wasn't. The, well, I, I can resonate with that at different stages in my life for sure. No, it was, um, someone help me. I'm going to look it up real quick. But like, I remember just feeling like very inspired by it or like that it really, I think when you, when you relate to a song, it's because it's relating to some aspect of your life right then. I feel like for me, uh, yeah, there's a ton of songs like that that I relate to that are that will like make me think of somebody or something. But I'm talking about glorious. Oh, I'm talking about like a deep connection. Like you feel connected to that artist, that song, and it is like it stirs like your soul. It's not like oh yeah, I can relate to this bebop around. Like, well, there was this one time that we did a wedding, and I wasn't like overly connected to the couple. I know exactly, what you're talking. Yes, about. That but was totally. A it moment. was like this, like. African Yeah, it version. was the Lord's Prayer in African, an African song of the Lord's Prayer. Yes. It stirred you like oh, yeah. it deeply. Was, it was it was intense. It was. It was really quite amazing. Yeah, and it was sung by some like an African choir, is that the track was? Yeah, and I can definitely say it wasn't because I like related to the couple. Like Yeah. Oh. But I feel that way when I see live musicians. Like I just see somebody with yeah. just like pure talent and they're kind of like one with their instrument and you understand at that moment that you're experiencing their energy yeah. like it's like a spiritual connection through that person through their song like i totally believe in that so another thing that he talked about early on like before we get super deep don't know how deep we're getting into this was uh tarot cards like cutting your thoughts on tarot cards if you've ever had an experience with them i feel like we don't have a ton of experience with them because they're kind of like taboo growing up like voodoo we weren't allowed to watch the Smurfs. We <laughs> most certainly were not allowed to have our our tarot cards, tarot cards read. read. <laughs> no, I've never had my tarot cards read. Not for any reason. I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to do it. So it's not like I like, you know, put my nose up at it. I just never had the the chance. Yeah, I've never like had like a personal reading, but I've had like a communal, like in a communal reading that I've What I, community was this? So it's just online. Oh, online? Yeah. Oh, okay. And and also uh, my good friend, my best friend, Krista, uh, she does a little bit of card reading too. And she's like pulled a couple and been like, this really made me think of you or what you're going through. But I remember one time in particular that I was just having a real hard time at life and kind of hard time separating what was me in a situation and what was other people in a situation, being able to drown out those voices and like make my own decisions. And I was in this communal tarot card reading, which is like the only one that I've ever been in and watched. And they pulled the card, not my monkey, not my circus. 
And it like totally resonated with me where it was like what I was questioning and what I was feeling there. It was very clearly at that moment, like this isn't your shit to deal with. Like stay in your lane. It's not your monkey, not your circus and talking about how other people, how you try to fix other people or help other people. And it just becomes your circus, even though it wasn't your monkey in the first place that was messing it up. And you just kind of like invite this chaos into your life. And it was just like, was just so timely, you know? And I really just, I don't know, like I got a lot from it. I mean, I took like pages of notes just as they were like describing the card and I was like, oh, well, maybe there is something to this. Not that I've like gone back to that, but just kind of, I think it fell in my life at the right time, which is another thing that he spoke about when he said that be open to the mystery. Mm. Like I felt like it just kind of lined up at that time that I needed to hear that message and internalize it. And it was very mysterious how all that happens because obviously we're not like super involved in divinity and the arts and all those kind of things. I think anyone who goes into uh, business ownership and tries to be an entrepreneur and tries to control every second of it is it's going to be your demise. And so I feel like part of owning a business and why it's why it one it's so hard, but why it's so engaging mm-hmm. is because you have to be okay with the mystery. Yeah. Like I tell people all the time, like I could have never imagined the journey, the entrepreneurship journey that we would have gone on and probably a good thing because maybe we wouldn't have gone on it and we would have missed out on so much, but like where we landed, even though it's not like, you know, no one's naming us the 40 under 40 or anything. I don't know why. Uh, why? Why is that? Why are That's we the not the 40 under 40? <laughs> this is it where's my nomination no more options um but it's so much better than i thought it could have been it's so much bigger so much more so much more like nuanced than i thought it would be because when when we first started on the journey it was very like cut and dry like black and white we're gonna do x we're gonna make money we're gonna blah 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 you know and it just it's not that straight of a line no and i really loved when he was talking about that there has to be tension. And I, mm-hmm. I was really intrigued because when he started talking about it, he was saying how you have to have like the Western culture, it's tension resolution, tension resolution, which isn't necessarily how Eastern culture handles it. It's very much, they live in the tension. They just exist in the tension. And I think it's really true that when you approach business and problems, because there's tension and you approach it purely from the fact that you need to resolve it and fix it, I think you miss a lot of just letting those things be hard and letting those emotions just be emotions and figuring out what that means at the end. Like a lot of what he's talking about too, like in the beginning, how he uh, just hated where he was and he used his coworkers to have better relationships with them, but like to also better himself. Like they're the ones who he did the tarot cards on and whatnot. And it, uh, and he dug a little bit deeper. I think he said like he plunged, like plunging into things mm-hmm. of who he was and what he wanted. And I like really, as kind of, I don't know, like an eye-opening moment of a lot of times, like when I'm in moments, high tension moments where I hate them and I hate being in them, I want to get out of them as quickly as possible. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't, someone to come up to me and say like, oh, well, this is happening for a reason. Like, I don't want some freaking Hallmark bullshit mm-hmm. told to me. I just want to be angry and upset in the moment. And I don't want to have to learn a lesson from it, you know, mm-hmm. because I just, I don't want to give it that much power. Right. 
And so it's a whole different way to think about something in a way of like, not necessarily giving it power, but saying this could be a moment that changes, that shakes me up. That makes me say, why do I feel this way? Why am I upset? Well, I think it's just honestly like acknowledging the tension. Like I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily, and I understand what you're saying, like that kind of Western idea is everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies. So if there's tension, you seek a resolution. So the tension's no longer there. And I think a lot of life is tension because a lot of life is decisions. So when you're making one decision, it's, you're saying yes to something. It means you're saying no to somewhere else. So you kind of live in that like state of what tension is right for you. I mean, if you just think just kind of in a purely abstract way of like being a business owner, entrepreneur, or going to work even, and like being a mother, like there's always like that tension and it's never resolved, right? You just make different decisions right. based on your circumstances at that time. And you come to a place where hopefully you know, you can thrive and your children can thrive and you can both be moving forward, but the tension never goes, right? So I think it's more about like living in that tension and what can you learn from that tension than it is about resolving it. Oh, no, I totally agree. I just don't approach life that way. Yeah. Like I either want to resolve it or I want to forget that it's there. <laughs> so you're like an ostrich. Yeah, <laughs> there are. I mean, I am. And I, we, it's funny, I was talking to someone today the other day, I think it was this morning actually about this, how as an Enneagram 8, like they love confrontation. And that's actually, I don't love confrontation, but I don't like things to be unresolved. So I will suck it up and take the confrontation because I just want it to be over yeah. and off my mental plate. Like I don't want to be in that place. Right. So Either I'm going to deal with it head on, we're going to come to a solution, or I'm going to pretend like it's not happening. And in my mind, there's no tension because nothing happened, right? It's totally interesting though. But it was interesting too, to me, like how he was even talking about how like Virgo is a sign of tension and like all these things that kind of, because obviously he's a Virgo, so maybe he just can reflect on that a bit greater. It's weird to me, like when I read about being a Virgo, how much it lines up. Well, yeah, because it has nothing. It's literally just the month you were born in. Now your whole personality is, or the way you are supposed to be is wrapped up into this. But maybe that's the mystery. Yeah. I think that's why it's so intriguing. Yeah. Like as a science person. Yeah. Which he talked about a little bit, how he was talking about how science only gets to the first level. And gutterly, I was like, how do I feel about that? Like as some of you probably may not know that I have a degree in biology. Dana has a degree in chemistry. Like we're very science-minded people. We approach things in a very scientific way. Well, yeah, but I will say that as I got into, because I have a BS in chem, a BA in math mm -hmm. and a background in physics, that there came a point when science is unexplainable. Like when you start talking about like Schrodinger's equation and you start talking Let's about- Let's talk about Schrodinger's equation. I don't remember. I know <laughs> that it was really confusing. It was just in like the inorganic chemistry, which basically just means stuff that you cannot see and you cannot understand. Mm -hmm. That has to be like divine. Yeah. There's just no way. Cause it's just not, you can't explain it. Like it just, it just happens. I mean, genuinely, like even just life in and of itself, like the miracle of life makes no sense. I get like that. Yeah. Like I get mechanism. that it's a cell and it separates and blah, 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 whatever. I get all that, yeah. but it's, in, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. Like it seems like a high margin for error. And it's amazing that any of us are walking around. Well, I do think that, but I'm just saying like, it just, I feel like when you get into the higher parts of science, 
where it's past the mathematical, right? You can't explain right. it with an equation or you can't explain it with just like physics. You can understand like an object in motion stays in motion until it doesn't. Right. Everyone's been hit with the ball. Like <laughs> I get it, you know, yeah. but there comes a point when you can no longer see science and there, there has to be a divine intervention. Yeah. So then it brings you to, because if you are like a very science-minded person and you believe in the cause and effect, right? the next question is, do you think everything happens for a reason? No. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah. Because I believe that that is like a human cop-out. Like it doesn't allow you or doesn't force you to deal with your actions and the ramifications of those actions in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, for example, like getting terribly morbid, your friend gets hit by a drunk driver or something. Everything happens for a reason. No, like that's, that was human carelessness. Like everything happened for a reason because that person was born and he had this upbringing and then happens to have too many things to drink and you happen to be on the road at the same time and there's some cosmic reason for that. Right. I believe no. I agree. I, and I don't know if I always agree with that statement, but, um, a couple of years ago, I read a book by Kate Bowler. She's a divinity professor at Duke. She got colon cancer, like intestinal cancer, essentially. So her whole thing is about the prosperity gospel, where basically the more you pray, the more you'll be blessed, essentially that you look at these mega churches who preach the prosperity gospel, that They are so successful. They have great cars and they're multimillionaires because they are better Christians than other people who are suffering in their church. It's all about the process. Your prosperity is related to how much you believe in God and how that like, wasn't the case. Right. So she, that's what she studied. I don't, I don't think she ever came out and said that that was essentially what she believed, but she was intrigued by it because Mm -hmm. it was right around the time when these like mega churches were coming around. She, she got cancer and she said, and everyone just tell her like, this is God's will. Everything happens for a reason. And she's like, and then it just pissed me off. Like, why? Like, that's not true. Like, that's not actually what it is at all. There is no reasoning behind it. And, um, and it really, she dissects a lot of that in the book. And it was, it was really, really great. It's a great book to read. If you have a friend that's going through something hard, because it helps, you know, how to be a better friend. Like there's a whole chapter on like what you should and shouldn't say to people. Um, Everything happens for a reason is one of the things you should not say to people in case you're curious. And I think for me, a lot of it, it gave me a lot of peace reading it because I think you always question in the back of your mind, like, you know, us growing up in a very conservative house um, that I remember, and we have a sickly mother um, who's been sick our entire life and has had, you know, health problem after health problem. And there are moments in time when I genuinely believe that she was still sick because I stopped, I didn't pray for her. Like, like I didn't believe enough. And that's why. Yes, yeah. So this is God trying to teach me a lesson right? to be a better Christian. Therefore, my mom had to suffer. And there is a lot of guilt with it because how can a six, seven, eight year old carry that weight? Yeah. But it's what we were told. Right. Our parents never came out and said that, but it was what we were exposed to in the church that we went to. Yeah, definitely. And I think as I got older, I like knew that wasn't true, but I think really having someone that, I don't know, that kind of spells it out a little bit more, like 
you know, I don't know. It was just, it was really a lot of reassurance. Yeah. So another comment that I really liked that he said was when he spoke about like tunnel vision, which I can tend to have, um, how you can miss that good piece of fruit because you are so focused on all the other details or on some sort of mission. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, but I don't look at it in terms of because I'm focused, maybe because I'm focused on a mission. I think a lot of times I miss the good parts of life because I'm so focused on the hard parts of life. It's more like an attitude. It is more like an attitude. So like yesterday, we didn't have anything going on. We were trying to finish our laundry room and the washer was making me angry because I kept walking out of the cabinet that we had just built. But um, it was overall a pretty calm day, but I was just there's just a lot. I felt there was a lot on my plate. I felt, I felt like there was, I knew the week was coming up and there was a lot on my plate and it, I just didn't have the patience for like anything. And it's been raining every day here. The kids yeah. can't go outside and everyone was just in a sour mood, but it was like one of those moments where like we're eating dinner we had done gotten takeout and we were, and it was just a great moment. And it's just kind of, I realized I just missed the entire day of what could have been a good day because I was so focused on my Monday the next day. Yeah. You know, so I do feel that way. Like, I feel like you miss a lot because I feel like for me, it's more negative based and like, not like, oh, I missed this opportunity because I was so focused on another opportunity. It's more of, I've missed life. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, uh, I love all of this. I think it'd be fun one day to get our, our charts. I mean, I'm curious what my chart is. Am I, am I like off the mark? Like, did I like, he said, use it as a guide. I mean, like I haven't been using anything as a guide. <laughs> Just like, your nope, feelings. Nope, nope. Or it's like the recalculating, you know, like when you're, you make a wrong turn, it's like, all right, recalculating, recalculating, try this one and this one, and we'll get you back to where you're supposed to be. No, I do think it's super interesting. I'm a Virgo, obviously. And you are an Aries. An Aries. Do you have any idea what that means? No. Okay. Literally nothing. Literally, you have no idea what that means. Uh-uh. I know. I was. I just it had something to do with my birthday. I think it's. I think it's a ram. I feel like there must be lots of Virgos because I hear about Virgos a lot. Well, do you know what nine months from that time is? It's, it's December. It's We're all Christmas babies. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there are more Virgos in the world. I don't know. I know way too many people that are born in September. Isn't Sam a Virgo? Yeah. Oh, I think so. He's the eleventh. That must be why I work well together. Virgo and Aries partnership in life, yeah. partnership in business. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's what I did like that part where you talked about Mercury and Uranus. I thought it was a good combination. He was like describing us. Like I definitely, cause Mercury was street smart, you know, where rubber meets the road. Uranus is very much disruption based, you know, mm-hmm. get the fire going. And I feel like that is our partnership in a nutshell. Got some street cred. No, I think street smart is more just, I don't know, thinking through it. It's a ram. Oh, you sent it. Oh, the personality going back. So the personality of an Aries explained like their fellow fire signs, Leo. Oh my God, I'm married to a Leo. And Sagittarius, Aries is a passionate, motivated, and confident leader. Why can't you read the rest of that? Who builds community with their cheerful disposition hmm, and relentless determination. I can definitely agree with that relentless determination. I'm not sure about that cheerful disposition. I feel like I have a cheerful disposition (laughs) when it's like, not with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's 
true. I mean, I think for the And most- it's a ram. It is a ram sign. You're right. It says Aries are fiercely loyal. They won't... Oh, they won't tear down their friends or divulge their secrets. That is true. Dana's so secretive. That is true. Interesting. I know. But like, how does that matter? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, how does the fact that I was born in April and I'm an Aries... That's my personality. Maybe it has something to do with the stars. That's what he was saying. I know. I know. But I'm saying it isn't. Maybe it's like a secret, like Juju Stardust. Maybe. But I think too, like, if I kind of tease it out a little bit, like your like relentless determination and my single-mindedness on like an idea, like it works well together because I could just move on to the next idea and never really see one to fruition. Right. But if it weren't for you, you would never go down that idea path if it weren't for me. I would never move on. It would just try to make that more and more perfect. Right. So Virgo and Aries can form emotional ties through trust and companionship that can stand against all odds. Oh, that's true. It does seem emotional. <laughs> There's definitely companionship. There is definitely that, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about The Hustle. To learn more about Daniel Beck, visit innermakeup.net or follow him on Instagram at innermakeupastrology. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.